Welcome to What I Wish I Knew by Dental Head Start, your weekly mentoring session thanks to cpdjunkie.com.au. In an industry where we're almost geared to be constantly seeking excellence and success and where we're often isolated in our practices and where there's this expectation for us to maintain our cool and calm and composure in front of patients, I guess it's no surprise that it forms the perfect breeding ground for burnout. But what exactly is burnout and how do we prevent it? Welcome back to What I Wish I Knew. My name is Erica Huin and today we're joined by Dr. Cajun Chia, who is the Limitless Dentist. Now, I have so much respect for Dr. Cajun because he's out here creating waves and really trying to break apart the stigma that exists around mental health. And at Dental Head Start, that is something that we're really passionate and supportive of. Dr. Cajun runs his own Facebook and Instagram page at The Limitless Dentist, where he very openly and bravely shares his own experience with burnout in his first few years out as a dentist. And now he uses his platform to frequently share tips on how to recognize and avoid it, which is exactly what we talk about in today's episode. We talk about how to recognize burnout, what causes it, and most importantly, Dr. Cajun's top four tips on how we can avoid it. If there's one thing that he says in this episode that I think is so important, it is that self-care isn't something that we do when our mental health is less than optimum, but something we should be practicing constantly to help us build and create that resilience so that we can better manage those low times that we will inevitably face in our careers. I'm really glad we got to have this conversation and I hope it opens up a discussion because for an industry that is so tight-knit, I hope we're able to lean on each other a little bit and share these common experiences that everyone goes through. I also want to take this opportunity as well to thank our sponsors at Dental Practitioner Support. They're a mental health service funded by the Dental Board of Australia and I think it is such a great initiative to have in our industry. Their services are 24-7, it's free, it's confidential and it's available to anyone, students and practitioners alike. And like we always say, you never know when you might need it and it is okay to ask for help. And so if you need their number, if you need a chat, Check out our show notes or any of our socials as well. But without further ado, let's jump into this episode. Burnout uh, is uh, it is an individual kind of umbrella term for a multiple, um, I guess, a, a series of symptoms or experiences and moods you may feel. Um, but for me personally, and I usually share burnout in reference to my personal experience because how I experience burnout may not be the same as how another clinician will experience burnout or another person experiences burnout. But one thing we find in common with burnout is is usually a culmination of chronic stress, uh, feelings of anxiety, uh, feelings of um, like worthlessness or hopelessness in your career even. So feeling like um, you start equating your quality of your dentistry or your mistakes or your failures you make to your self-worth and so you you start to retract socially um burnout could also just be pure mental and physical exhaustion so like you're not sleeping properly you're always feeling tired um you're not you're dreading going to work maybe that was something i felt when i was in the middle of my burnout crisis um and you really just don't kind you feel kind of numb at work and you don't feel like you're really contributing or adding value anymore 
So that that's a that's more of a personal uh, breakdown of what burnout means to me. And look, I always say to people, you know, if you identify with any of those signs and symptoms, even panic attacks is something I experienced in the middle of my burnout crisis, which is quite scary. Um, and you know, even trying to do meditative techniques to calm that down didn't always help. And so. Uh, you know, I always say to people, if you resonate with any of those symptoms of burnout, that like, like be proud that you're recognizing that because it's so important that we don't shame ourselves for feeling or, or because I think so many times our patients expect us to be these superheroes. You know, we are the dentists. We are here to save the day in terms of, you know, save their health and, and give them their transformative smile. But they don't actually realize that behind our BDS or our DDS or whatever post-nominals you have is a human being. Um, and sometimes we forget to really connect to our own sense of humanity as well because we kind of expect to just, you know, roll with the punches and, and don't necessarily focus on our own mental health or self-care um, on a regular basis to make sure we are performing at our best. So that's where my passion came about to talk about mental health, really just for, from my own burnout experience. Um, I'll be fr- really honest with you and I share it on the Limitless Dentist. You know, I was on the verge of quitting dentistry. And I was only a recent grad too. So I was only 18 months into my career, really uh, young. And I was the question I kept asking myself was, am I really burning out? Like, can I be burning out so early in the game? Like, is that possible? Like, I haven't even done all the procedures. I haven't even experienced everything, but I already feel like I'm not good enough to be anything more. Like, is that normal? And so I started questioning a lot of things. And it was around that time that in what I call the breaking point where you, I always tell people that you get to a tipping point where you kind of get sick and tired of feeling how you feel. And it was at that point that I was like, well, I need to do something because I knew that I was able to be happy in areas outside of dentistry. So things that I do outside of dentistry, like with the ADA um, and like a lot of my kind of uh, organizational work and even interacting with friends and that kind of thing. But at work was when I was the most stressed. So I knew that there was a, it wasn't that my whole life was crumbling. It was just, there were particular factors at work that uh, I wasn't working through that were becoming a barrier and also affecting my mental health and thus affecting my relationships with people. So I kind of went through this really deep dive personal development journey where I really kind of uh, healed some of the trauma that caused my burnout. Um, and thankfully over, you know, a six month period, so it wasn't overnight uh, and it was lots of up and downs. Um, I finally managed to kind of get my feet back up and refine and refocus and refine some passion in dentistry. More importantly, having renewed focus and mindset around where my growth was heading. Um, and it was around that time where one of my mentors um, kind of said to you know they 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 challenged people to turn their mess into their message. And so I thought to myself, you know, what one of the things that really uh, really uh, inspired me to create The Limitless Dentist was actually when I actually took that step forward and shared my vulnerability with my practice manager, but more importantly, with other colleagues. What really surprised me was two things. Number one, my burnout story was common amongst a lot of dentists. So they kept on saying, Cajun, I know exactly how you feel. I've been there. So that was the first thing that I was like, that's great. All of a sudden, I didn't feel alone. So I never want anyone to ever feel alone whenever they hear me talk about burnout, because if I can help identifying you that you're not the only one feeling these feelings, all of a sudden, that sense of isolation gets lifted and we can begin to collaboratively as a community, help each other heal and help each other get better. 
Um, and the second thing that I realized was because it was so common, I realized that it was accepted as the norm. So it was just like, it is just accepted that dentistry has one of the highest suicide rates that we know of. And it's accepted accepted that at some point in time you'll burn out. And even some of the senior clinicians I spoke to who have a career of, you know, 10 plus years said that they actually burnt out like every three years or something. They had to take a six month or 12 month hiatus away from the clinic just to refine themselves and come back in. So when I started realizing that this was the norm, I was like, well, how can we begin to shift and change that culture and where we can actually talk about problems and, and kind of, um, you know, treat mental health and destigmatize it enough to the point where we can just have it as an open conversation. But more importantly, you know, just like how we, we want our patients to treat the small problems before they become big issues, we should also be treating our mental health the same. We don't want to let that small bit of stress compound into this big monster of burnout we want to kind of address it while it's happening so that we can really keep a a balanced and fulfilled uh, life because obviously you can never prevent stress you can never prevent uh, you know the external factors that are out of our control but what we can control is how we respond to them and what are we doing on a daily basis to make sure we're keeping those um, I guess you could say homeostasis and balances in check. Yeah, absolutely. And you've said so many little things in just that little spiel there that I, I want to unpack because this is such a important topic. And I just wanted to thank you first and foremost for being so open about your journey and sharing all of this on the Limitless Thinless Dentist. Oh, I'm tripping over my words. <laughs> but like you said, it's not a uncommon story, but I feel like there are times and we're changing now. Times are changing, but you know, previously talking about mental health was so taboo. And also I think in the dental industry is we're all quite proud people. And especially as a healthcare practitioner, in front of your patients, you want to be composed, you want to be calm. And there's a lot of pressure to basically have your life together, even if inside you are crumbling and there are different facets that you are struggling with. And so you mentioned before about symptoms of burnout. And I wanted to ask you. Perhaps like for some of our listeners who I guess are experiencing these, but I like I expect that there is a lot of doubt and a lot of where you downplay your own feelings, where you're like, no, I'm fine. Like, that's not me. Can you talk a little bit more about, I guess, identifying it and even yourself? How did you personally recognize this is what's happening and then taking ownership of it? Yeah. So I think self-awareness is a really big so people think that self-awareness or people who are naturally self-aware it's a personality type but actually self-awareness is a communication skill to yourself and to others that you develop with intentional practice and so for people like I have always been and I share this with people that I feel uh, grateful and blessed that um, through my upbringing and uh, because I, I, I say to people I was raised by women I was a, I've always been naturally inclined to share my feelings and really uh, have a strong stronger sense of self-awareness so I know my emotions well but what I noticed was that you can have amazing self-awareness but without proper self-management skills you can still experience burnout so some of the symptoms that you may uh, be downplaying and actually downplaying your feelings your emotions and your moods or try to sweep things under the carpet is actually probably the very first sign that something's going wrong because what you're intentionally doing is you're saying i am choosing not to address this 
for whatever reasons, whether it's shame, whether it's guilt, or whether it's you, it's denial. So if we talk about the the five stages of grief, right? People go through denial first, where they deny it's happening. Then you go through anger, where you're angry that this is happening. Then we start to bargain with ourselves, which is the third step, where we we go, you know, you know, oh, what if I, you know, maybe if I had chosen a different profession, or maybe if I had done this differently, it would have been better. I wouldn't feel these feelings. And then we get to a state of depression and anxiety or depression and sadness where we go, you know, life isn't worth living anymore or why did I become a dentist? I'm not worth anything. Why, you know, why don't I just give up? And then finally, some people get to the final stage or what I call the second last stage, which is acceptance, right? And so at any one point in time, different people uh, take their own time to get to acceptance. But one of the things I learned in my burnout was that, you know, you could be just experiencing significant stress. So if you feel jittery at work or, or even the simple thing of if you're thinking about work when you're not at work, and I know it's really hard for dentists to switch off because we're so connected on social media to dentistry, but if you're stressing out about a procedure that's happening the next day and it's causing you a sleepless night, that is probably a symptom of stress and anxiety that could lead to burnout if compounded over time. It could also be something like um, your relationships with people. If you're starting to feel like you're not feeling like your normal self or you're feeling a bit more um, kind of cranky or you're you're more short-tempered maybe or you're more flustered, that could be a sign of burnout. Um, and even just um, getting anxious about procedures to the point where you actually start to push away. So rather than leaning into, and especially comes around this idea of making mistakes, like when we first make our clinical mistakes as young clinicians, um, you know, we think that, oh my God, I failed and therefore I shouldn't do that again. But no successful person ever stopped after one try. And if we don't take that learning point or have someone that supportive network or, or environment for us uh, as a conduit for growth, we begin to retract. So retracting from doing things like saying, oh, you know, I, 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 I broke a file in that, in that molar trying to do a root canal. I'm not doing molar root canals anymore. Like that could also be a sign that you're burning out because what you're doing is you're actually putting limitations on yourself based on past experiences. So there is a, 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 a variety of things and it, and it could be something as simple as you just wake up not wanting to go to work because you're so afraid that like, so in the midst of my burnout, um, I was waking up in the morning um, having panic attacks because I was afraid of what was I going to screw up today. And that was a really hard place to be in. So rather than being excited to serve a patient or be excited to transform someone's life, I was actually just putting the focus on me. And a lot of times that's what happens in burnout. The spotlight is just on you. And so you're just focusing on you and like, you know, what am I going to screw up? Or, you know, what if I touch that and it, and it breaks? Or what if I, you know, do this wrong? And so we, we, we go into this vicious cycle of negative thought patterns. And yeah, if you have a, a string of negative thought patterns, that can also be signs of burnout as well. I think that's really important. And like we said, step one of growing or step one of moving forwards is recognition. And like you said, is recognizing and owning it. As dentists and dental students, we all have difficult days. 
you may experience workplace or training demands that have a direct impact on your physical, emotional, and psychological health and well-being. This is exactly what dental practitioner support is for. It's a completely confidential and independently run service that's funded by the Dental Board of Australia in an effort to support practitioners and dental students right across the country. Sometimes people call just at the end of a long day to debrief, but sometimes they call because there's more challenging things going on. Dental practitioner support is there for you in these times to give proactive advice, help you improve your health and well-being before there are major concerns. We all need a helping hand sometimes, and it's okay to ask for help. So if you find you need it, call 1-800-377-700 or visit the website dpsupport.org.au. They have loads of great information to get you started. this talk, I really want to dive into giving people practical steps on how we then manage. Because like you said, step one's recognition, but then we like self-awareness, but then we have to be able to manage it. But before we dive into that, I want to ask you, because you mentioned before about how it's a quite a well-known statistic that dentists have one of the highest suicide rates, right? And that burnout is very prevalent in our industry. Why do you think that is so? Like, why are we so, so susceptible to it in the dental industry and do you think times are changing? I don't think times are changing if anything in the advent of social media it's probably a little bit worse but here's the thing I, I, I don't blame social media because like anything social media is a vehicle for good or for bad it depends on how you use it and so you can either let social media control you or you can control your social media intentionally. And one of the things I talk about in the top three reasons why dentists burn out or the top four things to prevent burnout is actually the four common things I find that lead to burnout amongst the people I've shared my story with, but also when I've asked, like people have shared with me their own burnout journey, and these were the four common things. The top number one thing is it's actually got to do with the type of personality types of the people who do dentistry in the first place. So understanding the psychology behind, we tend to be very ambitious people we tended to be the overachievers at school who didn't just excel in our subjects but probably played a, at least one instrument, learnt another language, played a sport <laughs> and excelled <laughs> in that as well. Yeah. There is also this kind of type A personality and and it's and, and, and what it is, it's, it's called the perfectionist mindset. So a lot of us are perfectionists and that is probably the worst identity and mindset you could have. And the reason why I say that is because when I was younger, I remember in my CV in high school saying I am like being proud of my perfectionism saying I'm a perfectionist and I will do things to perfection thinking it was something to be proud of but it wasn't until when I really uh, looked back on what caused my burnout the very mindset of being a perfectionist says that there is you're always looking for a flaw in something that you do. So by virtue of being a perfectionist, nothing you, you will never be satisfied because even when you think you've taken the perfect clinical photo of that beautiful restoration or crown, I bet you you look at it a day later, a week later, you see something even more stunning on social media, you go back and look at that photo and you go, oh, actually, that's no longer good enough because I see this wrong and I see this wrong. What you're doing is you train your brain to focus on finding the flaws. That's what a perfectionist mindset does. And so because you're only focusing on the flaws, you are never satisfied. And what it is, it becomes a vicious cycle where you're just, you're never good enough. So the perfectionist mindset, I think, is the top one thing that kind of causes a lot of dentists to burn out. And if it's not perfect, it's not good enough. Instead, I tell people or I share with people, 
that I usually, instead of having a perfectionist mindset, in with the intention, choose progress over perfection. And what progress is over perfection means that you focus on how are you being a little bit better today than you were yesterday. Or what did you do one thing, and it could be something small. It doesn't have to be uh, procedural-based or skill set-based, but even something as good as maybe today you woke up a little bit happier. Maybe today uh, you enjoyed that cup of coffee this morning. Maybe today you had a better conversation with a patient or you even treated your dental nurse better today than you would have previously. It's the small things that when we intentionally focus on where we're growing, that kind of 1% better each day compounds over time. And what you begin to do is rather than focusing on the flaws, you're actually intentionally focusing on where you're growing. And we have this area of the brain that we learn in kind of when we learn anatomy called um, and physiology called the reticular activating system. And that entire system is basically filtering what the brain wants to see. Now, if you choose and kind of go with the pre-programmed or what we know, which is the perfectionist mindset, all it's looking for is things to improve. And it's okay to look for things to improve from a growth mindset, but if you're being really judgmental about it, saying it is not perfect, which is like kind of the criteria of good enough, not good enough, then all of a sudden that's a really difficult lens to live life and have a career through. So with progress over perfection, we want to aim to be a little bit better today than we were yesterday. And again, it's it's really um, finding like even at the end of the day, to finding three things that you did better today than you did yesterday. And look, when you first do the practice, it may be really difficult. You may find that you actually have to like think for hours, right? But that's the first step. And that's actually really great because when, if it takes you three hours to think of three things today, when you do that exercise tomorrow, it'll probably take you two hours. Then it might take you one hour. And then it might take you 10 minutes. And eventually you will always be looking for where you're doing things right. And what you do is you actually send, your brain gets this kind of dopamine release when you feel proud of yourself for growing in that one little area. And again, it's about stacking those positive emotions. Because like I said, the way I treat mental health or what I call mental fitness now these days is that we can't necessarily control the bad things and the failures and the uh, stresses that occur in our career per se. But what we can do is stack positive things and positive emotions in our day so that they actually always outweigh the negative that are happening. So net, net, we're always having a pretty good day. So it's not about preventing or eliminating the bad things that happen. It's actually about intentionally focusing on the good things and positive changes and positive influences on our life so that we can actually tip the balance in favor of the good and again, overall feeling pretty okay about the day. It doesn't mean you have to feel happy all the time, but you'll definitely feel a little, you, you'll feel, a, you'll have the perspective to say, you know what, today wasn't a great day, but I grew in this area today. And tomorrow, this is what I'm going to choose to grow tomorrow. It's a way different mindset. You go from having a fixed mindset to what we call a growth mindset. So that's like number one thing that I think is the main cause of burnout stress. But the second thing that I actually feel as well is this thing called comparison syndrome. And what it is is that, you know, too early on, because especially with social media where we can see amazing dentistry, even as students, we see like amazing rehabilitation cases, we see some of the best dentistry that you can see around the world. And the problem with being exposed to that or even seeing someone's highlight reels is that it doesn't actually represent what's happening in real life. What I mean by that is 
we don't actually know behind that perfectly curated photo or video whether that dentist has has been experiencing poor mental health themselves so they could be burning out right now but they're sharing their best cases we don't know whether they were they probably maybe didn't get sleep the night before or even we don't know how long or how many times they've failed to actually get to that point of excellence and execution so we see a perfect case but we we discredit maybe that 10 years of failure that 10 years of growing that it took them to finally be able to execute that case and then you know i always get a couple of colleagues and friends like oh well then what about those naturally skilled dentists that kind of out the gate you always know the, who they are in the cohort where they just naturally have the clinical skills and they excel from day one and what i say to that is that everyone always has natural talents skills and abilities but the one thing i've always said and i never uh, if you're one of those people who identify as naturally skilled in dentistry and things just come easy to you i think that's amazing but i always find that the people who had to work hard to earn the skills over time they actually have a different level of appreciation, but more importantly, their growth compounded over time is a lot greater than someone who's naturally skilled and relies on that natural talent alone but doesn't actually look to grow themselves. So out the gate, you may find that someone who's more naturally skilled is doing all these amazing procedures that you don't feel you can do. But if you focus on your growth, eventually you will not only catch up, but if this person stays at this level and doesn't continue to grow, you will eventually be able to take on even more skills and get to a level, um, you know, beyond where that person may be. And it's not about comparing again, but it's more, again, so rather than choosing comparison, I I share with people, choose compassion. I think whenever I see something on Instagram, what I do is I celebrate that dentist or I celebrate that achievement for that person, say, look at that amazing dentist doing this amazing work and transforming this patient's life. What I don't do intentionally is I, I do not then reflect it back on my work and go, why, you know, by reflection, why is my work so crap? Because that doesn't serve me to compare. More importantly, I always ask people, what is your frame of reference? Because if you're re- comparing to a cosmetic surgeon who has been doing facial aesthetics and rehabilitations for 10 years, or they've been out of dental school for maybe 15 years, then that's not really a fair race to compare to if you're a new graduate because you don't have those amount of hours of clinical experience to be able to compare to. So I always shift the lens in which you're focusing or, or, or your compass of what you're comparing to and really bring it down to realising that it's actually not about being the best dentist in your clinic or it's not really about being the best dentist in your city. It's actually about individualizing your career and saying, how can I be the best version of me? How can I be the best dentist I can be? Because when you begin to focus on your own, like as they say, stay in your own lane, all of a sudden you can use the external associations and influences of what you see on social media as inspiration for you to be driven. So with the growth mindset of, you know, I want to be able to. So one of the things I, uh, because I always think life in quotes and one of the most amazing quotes I came across, which I kind of use as a a life mantra when I think about choosing compassion over comparison is this, don't, you don't want to be like they are but you do want to think like they do. And it's a very different thing. You don't want to be that person because you can never be that person because they have they went through different life journeys, they went through different upbringings, so you'll never have the same journey. 
but you can learn to download the mindset of that person who's successful and how they are able to problem solve and achieve amazing things for their patients and learn the knowledge and the mindset of how to achieve the same thing. And so rather than trying to compare, always just celebrate those people around you and have the compassion to say, you know what, what they're doing is great. I'm not there yet. But I know that if I continue to learn from these people if, or I continue to grow and, and use that as inspiration or a dream or a goal to eventually get to that stage, what you then do is you, you're intentionally choosing a growth-minded focus and it, all of a sudden you're no longer feeling like you're lesser than or inferior to anyone. You realise that you're in your own lane and your only focus is how can I be the best dentist I can be? It's a radically different, and what it does is it actually lifts all that burden off your shoulders. Because I remember the day I actually said to myself, Cajun, I'm just going to focus today on being the best dentist I can be. And all of that comparison weight just started to lift off. So it's, yeah, you want to try to not compare as much as possible. Mm Mm-hmm. So those are the top two tips and I know we'll go into, I think you have another one as well, right? But just before we get to that, I kind of want to unpack what we've talked about so far because a lot of what you've said has really resonated with me. And I feel like if anything, it's almost unlearning things that we grew up with because one thing that you said, I was just like, oh my gosh, that's me, (laughs) was when you said growing up, we thought of perfection as being a skill or as a something to like a, a a strong trait to have and something that we took pride in. And I, when you said that, I was like, wow, that was me all through primary school and all through high school where I was like, oh, I'm a perfectionist. I do things really well. I'm very meticulous. And then it was only until I guess, I think dentistry, I just like, I, I remember being in first year sim clinic and spending three hours just drilling one cavity prep because you want it to be perfect. And then I think it took a bit of, like you said, that growth mindset and that shift in your attitude where you're like, I just need to do more of these. Like the skill will come the more I do as opposed to focusing on one and trying to perfect it. But like you said, it's very much a shift and just focusing on little wins, like bit by bit, not trying, like you said, I really like what you you were saying, the just growth over perfection. What are you focusing on this year? What are the CPD topics, the disciplines that you really want to get better at? And how do you find all the information out there on those topics? cpdjunkie.com.au is made to be a comprehensive directory of CPD in Australia and New Zealand. We created this because we found this frustrating and now there is a system where you can be alerted if there's topics that come up that you are interested in. Make an account at cpdjunkie.com.au and update your alert settings. Every month on the 20th, we send an email sending you the information specific that you want to know about. Interested in communication, aesthetics and orthodontics? Same. Update your alert settings now. Take your CPD to the next level with cpdjunkie.com.au. especially with the world of social media where we see so many fantastic cases. Like everyone has an Instagram account. Everyone's sharing their cases. You're not saying to completely like shut that away. But can you talk about like, oh, I guess you have, <laughs> but just, you know, 
how we balance being inspired by it compared to being comparing ourselves with it. Like what questions should we be asking to try to learn more from that case and be inspired as opposed to just, I guess, judging ourselves? Yeah, I think the best question to ask is, again, like I said before, what is your frame of reference? Like what are you comparing to? When you actually dial it down and actually begin to question yourself what you're comparing to and then actually analyse, so try to take an objective view, it actually allows us to really clarify what we're feeling, um, I guess, conscious of or feeling, um, what's the word I'm trying to think of top of my head, like um, feeling nervous about or feeling, um, you know, um, it's a, it's a, it's going to annoy me now because I, I know the word off the tip of my tongue, but it's essentially <laughs> self-conscious or feeling, you know, like worried about, you know, when, when we're comparing to something. But, you know, on top of trying to choose compassion over comparison, I also want to kind of include another word, which is you want to try to choose collaboration over comparison. What I mean by that is if you, so it's also important that if you feel that you seeing all these cases are overwhelming you, right? You can do one of two things. You can either shut that out, which sometimes detox is a really good way just to step out and get a different perspective, right? So you're not constantly seeing the same thing. But on top of that, you also just want to ask the question, what is it about these images or these dentists that I'm seeing that is triggering me? The word actually I just thought of is insecurity. What it does is it brings up all the insecurities we have, right? And so if you are looking through the lens of your insecurity at another person's profile or Instagram reel or grid, then you need to ask yourself, why am I, why is my insecurity showing up when I'm looking at this page? And if you can begin to kind of bring it back to the why you're looking at that, what that begins to one reveal is the true area that you need to focus on. So if you feel like you're not worthy and therefore you see someone that you think is more worthy, the issue is not that person's Instagram page. The issue is how you're qualifying your self-worth. And how I talk about this in The Limitless Dentist is to do with this concept of identity. See, the thing is that when we graduate as dentists, for some reason we go through this period of life where we think that we are just doctor and our name. We forget that on top of being the dentist we are, we are also a daughter or a son. We are probably a significant other to someone else or a spouse or a close friend, a best friend. We could even be a sibling to someone as well. And what I mean by that is when you only equate your entire world compass as your dentist, a doctor, whoever you are, when things are going wrong in that world, automatically because your whole world is based on that identity, you go, uh, so the difference between guilt and shame, guilt says I made a mistake, shame says I am the mistake. And so when dentistry is your entire identity because you're not focusing or realising or even choosing to grow yourself in areas outside of dentistry, when things are going wrong in dentistry, it's too easy for your self-worth to be like it takes a hit because it's got no other avenue to try to reference in terms of stability because dentistry is not no longer stable because things are going wrong and because you're not leveraging other areas or realizing that you you know your dentistry only represents one facet of your identity all of a sudden we go i am the mistake 
And so it's really, really important that we address those insecurities. But I always tell people if you need to take, it's also important not to, um, you know, get too overwhelmed within social media too. So I, I am a huge advocate for social media detoxes. Like if you need to take a day off social media or a weekend off it, I'm always for that because um, for me, I, I love being on social media because for me, I see it as a space to collaborate connect with people like yourself or other dentists because you know one of the things you want to do is if you if you see a dentist you're inspired by you know message them send them a dm and say and send them a really nice message to say you know hi i'm a dentist as well from this place and i'm really inspired by your content you know do you happen to run any cpds or you know would you be able to share some tips of how you were able to you know um you know, execute these beautiful cases. What you do by that is you create an amazing conversation and collaboration with that person to say, I value the content you're producing. So what you're doing is you're giving that person a compliment. But what you're doing is you're tr- you're you're no longer putting people on a pedestal of saying, you know, these legendary dentists are beyond me. You treat them like a colleague and say, almost like a, a prof in your uni or even a, a, or one of your, um, you know, supervisors in your student clinic you know, you actually ask them, can you teach me something? Or can you, you know, could you share something with me? Do you have a CPD course that you run that I could learn from you? And what you then do is when you begin to learn to collaborate, what that does is you, it puts you and the person you're inspired by at the same level. So there's no superiority complex and there's no inferiority complex. It is a very grounded at a human level to say, I appreciate what you're doing in your career in life. And I'd love to learn how you do what you do. And it puts things into a much nicer perspective rather than trying to compete of I want to do this better or I'm not good enough to do what you do. Bring it onto an even level playing field and take the ego out of it, right? So many times we get wrapped up in ego thinking we're the best. But, you know, you may think you're God's God's greatest gift. And that's fine if you're in that state, you know. <laughs> Be, you know, everyone takes time to, to, to kind of process that. But it's so important that you, you I always um, try not to let ego come into any discussion. And I, I, I completely submit to my ego and just say to someone, you know, I love what you're doing. I'm inspired by your content. I'd love to learn from you. Can you share anything with me? And that's such a powerful, transformative relationship you then build with someone, right? Yeah, I, re- I think I struggled to phrase my question, but you really unpacked it just then. And I think you hit the nail on the head with that added descriptor of, collaboration and compassion over comparison because I think when I was thinking about it I'm like yes it's one thing to recognize and appreciate someone else's good work but I think what you did just then was take ownership of it again and transform that bitterness or jealousy and envy into something that's much more positive one when you said okay let's reel it back and figure out what exactly is it that I'm insecure about and use that as a reflective tool to be like okay this is what I want to improve on but then secondly like you said reaching out to those dentists and breaking that barrier and realizing oh they are also human and like you said right at the beginning is that everyone has strengths in different areas and when we kind of level their playing fields yes you admire them in one aspect and something that I always think of is we always look at other people and we think they have it all together but chances are someone else is looking at us and also thinking like wow you have it all together and so I really like that added collaboration over comparison and in our industry it is I think one of the like like we said whilst it's sad that there is all this you know um stress and burnout and mental health issues it's nice also seeing how collaborative everyone is and willing to share and work together 
So that's really great. So that's point one and two. Now, what is number three then of your top three tips? So the third thing, which is probably the most important thing, because the first two things kind of allow you to realize that you want to focus on growth, right? So progress over perfection. But on the journey of growth, it's really important that you give yourself grace and space during that time of growth. What I mean by that is if we're going to get rid of the perfectionist mindset and not choose to be the perfectionist anymore, we can't expect our growth to be a linear straight line. Meaning you can't just expect every day to be better and better and better. If anything, it's going to be a roller coaster. You have some great days, then you're going to have something stress you out and you're going to take a dip again. And it's recognizing that you need to give yourself grace and space to actually fail and stumble a couple of times before you become a success. There is no such thing as an overnight success. If you look at all of the people, all the, all the overnight successes, whether it's in the music world, whether it's in the business world, or even in the dental world, they got their fame overnight, but they did all of that hard work that no one credited them for, whether it was the late nights still doing their wax ups, their own wax ups, or whether they were doing extra CPD every night on top of seeing patients each night or whether they were attending, maybe they spent, you know, six figures in education to get the next courses or the next CPD just to learn from people around the world. You, it, it, whoever's success is there, anyone who's been successful knows that you, it is failure and it's through learning through that failure that allows you to get to the other side of success. So if you never fail and you never make a mistake, you can't grow from that. So I think it's really important to actually embrace failure, but more importantly, don't expect your growth to go in a linear fashion because if you you are trying to expect your growth to just be up and up and up and up every single day, that is actually your old perfectionist mindset coming back in because it's saying that now your growth, if your growth isn't upwards, it's not good enough, but that's not true because, you know, even if something bad happens, right, or your growth takes a dip and you didn't do something as well, even after learning all these things about yourself and whatever area you're choosing to grow. One of the best metaphors and analogies I give to people is how babies learn to walk. You know, no parent ever says to a child after stumbling six, seven times, no adult ever says to that child, this child will never walk. They always give plenty of space and grace for that baby to fall as many times as they need to because they know that every time they fall, that's one step closer to them making their first step forward. And so if we're going to treat babies like that, we also need to treat adults like that as well We're in ourselves like that to say that, you know, Think of it like you're a baby taking your very first steps. You're going to stumble a couple of times, but that's okay. The key thing is knowing, making sure that you have the right lens of focus, but more importantly, having a really good support network around you and having tools around you so that when you do fall, you can actually leverage support to actually get you back up and help you move forward as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, those are really great, really great mindset tools. And I think, like you said, the first step is really shifting the way we think. And like we said at the beginning of our conversation, it's just unlearning a lot of things that we've kind of just, it's been ingrained and built up um, in us throughout our years. You mentioned before when we were talking about um, progress over perfection, that one of the mental exercises that you do is writing down three things that you did well or three things that you, um, yeah, that it was, right, that you did well that day. Do you have any other mental 
mental exercises or practical tips that people can try adopting to implement implement in their day to, I guess, practice what we've been talking about so far? Yeah, so I think gratitude practice is a really great thing to do. I forgot to say I, I shared three of them and there's actually a fourth one which I forgot to share the tip in. Oh, there's a fourth there one. There is and, and it's, actually, <laughs> um, it's actually the you actually segued into it perfectly because what it is is you want to trade expectation for appreciation. And what I mean by that is in a perfectionist mindset or even when we're learning something for the first time, if you go in with a set of expectations saying you're expecting this and you don't reach it or you put you, you set such a high expectation for yourself and you don't meet that, that gap of where you didn't meet becomes your disappointment. And so if you set the bar too high for yourself saying that you need to be the best dentist in two years or you need to be the best dentist in five years and you don't reach that in five years, you're going to feel really, really low at the end of those five years. So you're going to begin to question everything you've done. Did I do something wrong? Am I something wrong, right? Instead, you want to trade that expectation for appreciation. And the best way I can tangibly do that in terms of dental practice is think of a root canal, right? You know, there's a difference between working to a gold standard in terms of standards of practice, in terms of working at our best standard, but there's also a very big difference between setting too high of the expectation as well because a standard is something that we recognise or a parameter we work in so that our patients are always safe, but most importantly, we're trying to achieve the best outcome for our patient. But what expectation says, it's a little bit of our ego saying, you know what, like you, you're God's greatest gift, so you need to show it to yourself that you're God's greatest gift. Just take that ego aside because rather than, so let's just say you want to obturate a root canal and you see at the end of that end of that periapical you take after you think you've done a really nice root canal, you put the final filling on and you see a tiny little void, right, in that root canal. Any perfectionist will be like, that's not good enough, I need to take that out. And then you do that again. But we know in endodontics that if you seal coronally and you seal apically really well and you've cleaned the, the, the canal really well, even if you have a minute void in the middle of your root canal, it's not going to mean that your root canal is going to fail. If anything, that root canal is still a success, right? Now, expectation says, I expected that obturation to be perfect and it's not. Appreciation instead says, how grateful, how lucky am I that I got to help this patient save their tooth? That's a radically different mindset when you trade expectation where you say, I have to do this, to appreciation where you say, I get to do this. And that comes from a foundation of gratitude, being grateful for being able to, like what I try to practice each and every single day is I say to myself, uh, and so in terms of a practical tool for anyone listening, um, try to find before your head hits the bed and you go to bed each night, find three things that you're grateful for and really focus like what are you grateful for? And you can either choose to do one in your personal life, one in your career, and maybe one in your relationships maybe. Um, I know some people do the the nine gratitude things. So they do three in their personal life, three in their career, and three um got achievements that they've achieved that they're grateful for that's also a great practice so if you want to uh, expand that practice from just so i'd say start small first if you're not someone who's done gratitude practice before just find three things but if you want to take it to the next level every morning or every night before you go to bed find three things that you're grateful for in your life whether it's great relationships 
uh, good food, whatever it is that you're passionate about. Then choose three things that you're grateful for in your career, whether it's <clears throat> you have a, a, a well-paying job that gives you a comfortable lifestyle, you have a practice that values you as a dentist and you feel like you're part of the team, you have patients who love you, like who, who really enjoy coming to see you. And everyone always has that one patient they know who is excited to see them or they have a really great, easy relationship. Even if you only just do a scale and clean because they have amazing oral hygiene, they don't do much, right? Just those simple things is, is you want to be grateful for. And then three things, three achievements that you've achieved that you're grateful for, whether it's, you know, I'm grateful that I, I got through those five years of dental school and I got my BDS or I got my DDS or those four years of postgrad dentistry and I got my DDS. I'm grateful that I uh, was able to meet some of my best friends for life in dental school, right? Or I'm grateful for um, working hard and having the dream and the ambition to be something greater than I am. And today I get to live that life. Thank you so much for listening to the Dental Head Start podcast. I genuinely hope this is helping you become a better dentist. So if you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe on your podcast player and I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go to social media and share something that you've appreciated from us with one of your friends. That's how the word gets out. That's how more people gain and benefit from what we're doing. And if you're a dental student or a graduate and you want to get a head start, go to dentalheadstart.com to find everything we're doing to help dental students become great dentists.